you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Coming up next on Huddle and Flow. This is my this is my mindset, keeping all the way honest with y'all. And I didn't care whether people liked it or not, but coming into the league, um, being a top five overall pick and going to a team that has not been good, um, I was out for straight respect, and I didn't care how I had to get it. That was my goal, is earn the respect. And I didn't, I didn't care. Y'all may not like me, may hate me, whatever it may be, but I – I was gonna make everybody respect me, no matter what it was. So, if that meant I had to say whatever I had to say to get eyes on me in this matchup in this game, so I could show them who who I was and, and how we were gonna be rocking in Jacksonville, that's what I was gonna do. That's next on Huddle and Flow. We are back here on the Huddle Flow podcast, brought to you by Intuit, the proud makers of TurboTax, Mint, and QuickBooks. I am Steve White with my guy Jim Trotter, two-thirds of the Howard University mob. Our producer Thomas Warren on the ones and twos completes the pieces of the puzzle. And Jim, dropping today, it's not dropping it like it's hot. We're dropping it because it's hot. We have Jalen Ramsey on the mic. The Rams cornerback safety, Mr. Do It All. And Jim, we know that Jalen tends to have a few opinions on things. You know, it's interesting, Steve, is that, that he had kept a lot of those opinions to himself during the season, or really since arriving in LA. And uh, so it's good to get him on the pod and let him have the floor and speak about whatever's on his mind. And he has a few things on his mind. So, um, He's just such a thoughtful guy. I know there will be outsiders who don't know him, who won't think that, but he is not a guy who flies off the handle, that sort of thing. He thinks about what he says. He thinks about what he's doing. There is a method to his madness, if you will. Um, So this was one I was really looking forward to, and props to you for getting it done. Yeah, that's good. Props to Jalen. I mean, because Jalen hit me, just hit me up a couple times during the season. Like, I want to be on the podcast, but I want to wait till after the season to do it. But, you know, it's it's kind of great that we did wait till after the season, some of the developments after the season, because we know that Jalen is close to Deshaun Watson. 
they're represented by the same agency and David Mulageta, the same agent. So there will be some thoughts on that because we have pre-recorded this. And folks, you want to you want to hear this? You you want to hear what he has to say? Um, so quickly before we get to that, let's hit on you know uh, Deshaun Watts' former teammate JJ Watt. Um, you know he's gone. He he signed by the Arizona Cardinals, two year, thirty one million dollar deal. Man, I'm, I'm I'm honestly kind of surprised that uh, JJ got that type of bread. Um, but we do know he played 16 games last season. He played well. He didn't have the sack numbers, but people running the ball on the Houston Texans because you could gash them, and there was no need to run on them um, because they were losing damn near every game. Yeah, but, you know, just, out on the edge too, Steve. He was double teamed more than any other player from the edge, so his numbers weren't going to be as good as in years past. But in talking to Vance Joseph, the Cardinals defensive coordinator, I mean, he used the word excited a couple different times about having JJ on the team because it gives them options and flexibility. You know, in the past, Chandler Jones was that guy that teams could slide their protection towards, could double team, in some cases even triple team. And now teams are going to have to choose their poison, pick their poison. You know, if they want to slide to Chandler, what about JJ? And the other thing is JJ can play inside as well in passing situations, and that balances out that line. And, And what you and I know is that the Cardinals are going to have to generate some heat knowing that there are some questions in their secondary, particularly with Patrick Peterson not coming back. So um, this was a big signing for them, and I think J.J. is going to give them what they want. Um, And the Cardinals, remember, their eight losses last year, five of them were by a touchdown. And three of those, if memory serves me right, were by a field goal, or five or three of those were by a field goal or less. So um, this is a team that's close in terms of taking that next step, and this is a signing that should help. But does JJ does JJ bring him closer? I think so. I do. Can he block though? I mean, can he protect Kyler Murray? <laughs> can, can he open up holes for whoever's running the ball? No, understandably. But the reason I say that is this: look at what Vance Joseph had to work with. You know, his two seasons in Arizona. I mean, he, he was piecing together a defense. He didn't have core players that he could build around right. and play with. Including Chandler Jones. They didn't have him last season because the Bison. Absolutely. And the year before, like three-fourths of his defensive line that they projected to start that year ended up either being released or in, on IR or whatever. So this is the first time Vance Joseph, I believe, has had a defense that he can really work with. Now they still have free agency to deal with here in terms of retaining their own with Hassan. But – from my standpoint, look, we know football is a complimentary game. And if offensively you're going to struggle in some areas, it has to be picked up in other areas. And I just think J.J. Watt makes them better defensively, which means maybe they don't have to be as dynamic offensively. Well, you know, and, that, and, that, and that's, a huge, that's a huge point that you're making right there. Look, I, I look forward to the Bermuda Triangle. I know Vance does too, where you've got Chandler Jones and J.J. And that third piece of the triangle is either going to be Isaiah Simmons, the versatile rookie who really showed his spots last year, or Buda Baker. I mean, they've got some interchangeable pieces now where they could really do some stuff. All right, Jim, but uh, enough of this. we got Jalen Ramsey on deck, man, and this is so good. This is so good. So let's go ahead and bring in Rams. Pro Bowl, Mr. Do-Everything defensive back, not just corner, Jalen Ramsey. All right, Jim, now we're joined by our special guest, Jalen Ramsey. Jalen, we've been trying to connect for a minute, man. We appreciate you finally linking up with us. 
Yeah, of course, man. I, I was going to make time eventually. I wanted to, uh, you know, get through the season, get a little relaxation in and, and kind of get back into my into my off-season regiment and my groove. And, and I was definitely going to come on here, man, make sure this was my first stop for sure. Well, what is that off-season flow like, man? Man, uh, immediately after the season, I, I take a month off automatically. I take a full month off um, and relax and this year, especially, I um, I made sure during that month off, I kind of spent a lot of time with the people who I sacrificed a lot of time uh, with this year during the season, just because, you know, COVID was going on. So I distanced myself from a lot of family and friends. So I spent a lot of time with them um, in that month. I spent a lot of time, uh, you know, just trying to do things that would make my friends and my family happy who sacrificed all year, like not seeing me or being extra careful to make sure that um, I was going to be good all season and, you know, for the team. So I kind of did a lot of stuff for them and, and hung, spent a lot of time with them. If we could real quick, Jalen, what was last season like in terms of those sacrifices and dealing with the COVID situation and everything else for a player? Yeah, I mean, it was different. It was, it was definitely different. Uh, more different than anything I've ever experienced playing football. Um, I haven't played football since I was five years old. So, uh, just very isolated, um, very isolated, had to remain focused on, you know, my main goals and making sure I wouldn't let anybody down um, as far as, you know, getting COVID and taking it to a teammate or coaches or whatever. Um, my regular life wasn't as regular anymore. Um, you know, I would go out to eat with, with friends and family and, you know, have game nights or some teammate nights and stuff like that. So none of that was, we were able to do any of that, but we still had to find a way, you know, to connect with our teammates and build that team chemistry and that bond. Um, it was challenging. It was definitely different challenges that would have been easier in other years. You know, we didn't have rookie dinners. We didn't have, we didn't have anything. Right. So it was definitely different, but, uh, to be able to finish the whole season was a blessing because um, I know a lot of people, including myself, didn't think that would have happened. Yeah, Jalen, it was, it was amazing. I, I tell people because when, when we sit up in the press box in the stadium, like we hear all the music and stuff between plays, but then it's silence like when the game is going on. And for players and coaches and staffers to keep energy and focus for four quarters, yeah, I mean, how hard is that? Because I mean, it just when, I, when we're on the field post game, it's like how do they how do they keep this energy up? That was tough. I mean, that was tough. That was probably one of just specifically on Sundays. That was one of the biggest challenges on Sundays, uh, and just playing the game uh, because we do. I mean, we all love this game, um, and most people have been playing it since we were little kids. So we'll play in front of. Nobody will play, you know, go backyard and play football or we'll play in front of just our family and friends or we'll play in front, in front of thousands. It doesn't matter to us, right? Um, but as you get older and as you continue to play and then you play in big games and for us, especially, you open up a new stadium that you know would be packed out like Sunday night football, first game, Dallas Cowboys, like certain, you know, games you know will be packed out. You feed off that energy. You really do. And this year you didn't have that. You didn't have that advantage uh, anywhere. Um, the only game, you know, that we played that had fans was Miami, Tampa, and our playoff game um, in Green Bay. 
and it you definitely feel it. It wasn't even fit, filled all the way up. The stands weren't filled all the way up. It wasn't sold out like it probably would have been. Um, you know, for sure, the Tampa Bay game, it was Monday night game, that would have been sold out. The playoff game would have been sold out rocking, but you still feel it. It's still a sense um, of energy and momentum swings that go back and forth during the game that uh, each team may be able to build off of. You feel that uh, in every other season besides this one. It was none of that besides those three games. Um, even their limited fans, we could feel like, dang, like, I hear a little something. Like, I feel a little something. They making, they making plays, and they, they fans turning up, and they building off that. They got that energy. They got that juice going. And without that, you got to have guys on your team who, who bring that own energy, and they bring their own juice. And then that can be infectious and, and spread throughout the whole team. So, uh, luckily, you know, we had guys on the team who could do that uh, and make plays and be like, get the whole sideline turned up and we could build off that. But, but it definitely could have been even more if we had a sold out SoFi Stadium. I know that for sure. Right. So, it's, so I, want, I want to get to this before we start talking to Rams and stuff like that, you know, because I follow you on, on social media and it's, it's really, you know, I've noticed this offseason, like you've been really in tune with like what's going on with like Deshaun Watson and in Houston and yep. players kind of stating what they want to do to relocate. So your thoughts on Deshaun, you know him and you yep. see the situation that he's in. Uh, I mean, I can't speak specifically on his situation just because I'm not there. I'm not him. I don't know exactly about every little detail that's going on, but from my understanding on the outside um, is, you know, going into, you know, when you're a franchise quarterback, it don't matter what team you want, really, you want to have a say-so in the team. Essentially, it's your team, especially the best teams. Uh, their franchise guy, their quarterback, the leader of their team has a say-so. And, you know, I'm not saying the maybe not the huge decision, and they maybe don't make the final decision, but they for sure have a say-so. The ownership, the coaches, they listen to them, of course. Like, that's kind of a, a source of empowerment, you know, that teams and organizations give their quarterback so they can then go ahead and lead their team and be confident in that. And from my understanding, that's not happening um, with them. And, I mean, you see other things that have happened with them in the past that are kind of head scratches and don't make sense. D-hop last year and a lot of stuff that's going on, right? So, uh, yeah, I, he wants to place himself in a better situation. He wants to – like, when I was in Jacksonville, everybody they – were, they were so mad at me. They, they, you know, they hated me. They probably still hate me because I wanted to put myself in a better situation. In the NFL, we don't have – it's not guaranteed that we're going to have super long careers. You know, we might only have a certain window – to take advantage of and be the best we can and to make the money we can and to win a Super Bowl. Like, yes, we get our contracts and stuff like that, but everybody wants to win a Super Bowl. The great ones do anyway. We want to leave our legacy. We want to leave our print on this game. And um, I know for me personally, that was one of my reasons for wanting out of Jacksonville. I didn't see any more growth coming from that. Um, I, I was unhappy there. I felt like, you know, some things were not – being done the right way, and I needed to transition. I needed to go somewhere else where I could take my game to another level where I felt like I was valued, um, 
you know, where I feel like I could win, et cetera, et cetera. And I feel that's probably what Deshaun's going through as well. He wants to feel value. He's their franchise guy, especially at quarterback, especially him. He's a, I mean, let's be real. He is one of the best in the game. I know I would personally, I'm biased, but I personally would pick him. Number one, I don't care. That's just me personally. So he definitely, he has to feel value. You know, that's, everybody wants to feel value. He has to feel value. And if he's not being, feeling like he's being valued and he's not getting to say so. And that's things that have been talked about prior to this contract. And now it's a switch up. I will want out too. I would want to be in a situation where I could win immediately or in this gap. Um, Cause like I said, we got short careers, man. So much power to him, much respect to him. Um, I hope he, you know, gets everything that he's wishing and praying for. Honestly, man, I, I hope nothing but success, success on Jim. him and, yeah. When when outsiders say he signed a contract, he got broken off. He knew what the situation was in Houston. So therefore, he shouldn't be trying to get out. As a player, what do you say to that? So this so so you tell me, you tell me this man had an opportunity. And and first of all, let's let's go back. First of all, this is something he earned. Like he wasn't given this contract. So that's right. that's step one of where people mess up. Like, man, they gave him this contract. They didn't give him nothing. He earned every dollar of that from what he was doing, yeah. putting on that field, putting on the community, doing for that franchise. He earned every dollar of that, first of all. But second of all, you you have an opportunity to change not only your life, but your family's lives. And you and you're not supposed to take that. I mean, come on, let's be real. You any anybody in America is gonna is going to take that anybody ever is going to take that opportunity but i don't think that's solely the re like the thing that everybody's hanging their hats on like yes i'm sure somewhere in his contracts or something like i said i'm speaking on the outside in i don't know exactly but he probably they probably had an understanding before he signed that of okay you know we're going to empower you we're going to you don't give somebody that much money and not give them no power and you know essentially on them, you know what I mean? Not value them, not show them that they're worth all of that. You don't do that. So I'm sure it was a sense of, okay, now I'll, you know, I got y'all's ear a little bit. Y'all will hear me and decisions here, decisions there. We're going to work together in a sense of partnership. And they didn't hold up their end of the bargain, but what has he done? He's continued to hold up his end of the bargain. He's continued to go out there and lead them. I mean, I've, I watched a couple games this year because obviously we're on the West Coast, so we got to catch some of their games. I watched a couple games this year where he would lead them down the field on drives, and then some, somehow, you know, whether it was a player, call it whatever, they couldn't find a way to win the game. That's frustrating. And like I keep saying, we have a small window in the NFL, and you make your money, and that's cool. But you want to win. Like, the great ones want to win. We want to win a Super Bowl. And you got to take your opportunities. You got to take your chances when you can. So, I don't really feed into that. Um, you know, he, he's, trying to, he's trying to leave a legacy. He's trying to do something special. So, more power to him. I, I could, you know, I don't care what people say about him. And I hope he doesn't either because, you know, he's doing what he feels is in his best interest. Jalen, you know him well. They're going to test him at this point to see what his conviction is. How serious is he about wanting out? And they'll wait until he can start being fine to see if that money's going to affect him. You know him well. How serious do you think he is about 
wanting change and not coming in until he gets change. He's clearly serious. He's clearly serious. He, uh, at the end of the day, Deshaun is a great man. Let me say that first and foremost. He's a great man. He, he's even now. He's a servant with leader. People, I'm telling you, like a servant leader. Even now with people trying to crucify him and talk bad on his name, he's still out there doing things for the community in Houston. So he's a great man. He's, he's a professional. He's going to do things that are still positive around the community and, you know, probably help his teammates out because they're still his teammates now, probably still be helping him out, doing things here and there. But I, I highly doubt he'll, he'll ever, you know, suit up in a, in a Texans uniform again. I, he's very serious. I, I would say he's very serious. This is a legacy. Yeah, I mean, the- he should be serious. I make this case, Jalen. I have nothing to base it on. I have no facts. No one has ever said it to me. It's just from having covered the NFL for more than two decades that we are getting to a point, I think, with some of these owners where they're going to say, these players are starting to feel themselves a little too much. And in particular, these black players are starting to feel themselves a little too much. And we got to get them under control. We've already heard some of the language that's been used, even by the late Bob McNair, the owner of the Texans, when you start talking about inmates and asylums and whatnot. And I have a feeling it's just, again, my suspicion, I have no facts, that there have been owners who have been in contact with Cal McNair in Houston who will say, you cannot get rid of Deshaun just because we have to show who's in charge here, that we cannot let the players think that they have that much power. You think I'm that far off base? You may be right, but... Uh, you know, you got to know your leverage when, when you, when you're doing anything in life, you got to know where you stand. And, um, he stands in a very good place. I would say that he stands in a very good place. I believe he knows his leverage. Um, and I, I, I believe he'll get what he, get what he wants. You speak like a man who knows about leverage in these situations. Indeed. Indeed, I do. Indeed, I do. Indeed. I think, I mean, I just think that's, that's how it's going. Players are, players are, they're learning. They're learning. They're they're understanding how powerful we really are. On on that note, Jalen, let's kind of spin it toward, before we kind of get to where the Rams are headed, you know, with some of the changes and whatnot, I want to look back a little bit on 2020. Because sixth season, um, you've had some great seasons. But I got to tell you, man, watching you and seeing you up close as much as I did at Rams games and stuff, there weren't too many people who did it better. I mean, you're playing on the outside. You're playing on the inside. You're trailing. You're doing some almost some outside linebacker types of techniques and things like that the way you were used. How would you assess your season? Because you were so valuable to so much that went on, and you shined so brightly. I mean, how would you you know assess this? especially in comparison to some of your other great seasons. Right. Um, I would put this up there as my best season yet. Um, I have a lot of improvements to make still, especially if I'm going to continue, you know, playing inside and outside and moving moving around, playing different positions a little bit more. Um, things that I've never done in the past. And that just, I mean, that, that, that just came to show you, you know, how much the Rams value me and how much they knew what type of player that I was and wanted to use all of my skill sets, not just, pigeonhole me to one specific thing or, you know, certain coverages or whatever. Um, and I do feel like I'm unique and that's, you know, that's all God, honestly, I can't do anything, but give God all the glory for that. Um, just my athletic abilities and 
everybody who has been surrounding me in my whole journey to help me continue to go on an upward trajectory. So uh, it's it's been great, man. I mean, I I didn't re- I didn't look at you know any film. I, I'm a football fan, so I look at a lot of football as well. And I'm not seeing guys you know go out one week and guard the number one receiver on the team who was probably a Pro Bowl receiver or an All Pro receiver and essentially lock him down and then the next week go play nickel and make plays in the backfield or on the edges um, and not even really guard the number one receiver that game. I've not seen too many guys do that and still make effect on the game. I'm not really seeing any guys do that, if I'm being honest with you. Um, and there are vers- there are other versatile guys in the league. I'm not, I'm not saying there isn't any other, other versatile guys in the league, but there aren't really any, there isn't really anybody in the league who is guarding a number one receiver, locking him down like I am, and then as well playing the nickel and making an impact on the game as I am. And, you know, within all of that as well, kind of elevating my teammates around me, elevating the secondary guys around me, making sure that they're ready to take advantage of their opportunities when their opportunities present themselves just because, you know, at a certain point in games and the season, teams will avoid me. Um, it's, it's kind of like what happens with AD in the D-line. Um, you know, if y'all want to triple team AD, uh, double team, triple team him, he, AD prides himself on making sure that he can take that on and that his teammates can flourish on, on you know, with their assignments. So uh, we take a lot of pride in that uh, individually and as a, as a unit on the defense and as a team. Jalen, what's, what's the most freakish thing you've seen AD do? Uh, <laughs> it's something like every game. Uh, it's something every game, man. He, I, I've, I've never seen anyone like him. I'm a. I'll keep it honest. Uh, and yeah, I, I've never seen anyone like him. In my opinion, he's the best player in the NFL. I think AD should start being in conversations for MVP. Like, absolutely. We what we've been saying that for is, years. I mean, it's it's insane that people really like. I, I know after he won Defense Player of the Year again, and people like certain people were in an uproar about him winning. I'm like, bro, are y'all serious? Like, he is doing these numbers from D tackle, and he sometimes moves around. He's like his impact on the game is crazy. Like, you look at you look at most valuable player, and what it actually means is. How valuable is this guy to this team? Take this guy off of this team, and then where where does their value as a team go? And you put AD on any NFL team, and I guarantee that D-line is the top five D-line automatically, probably top three D-line automatically. I'll tell you, there, there was a play, because you and him were involved. He gave a flipper to the back coming out on the screen, knocked him off course a little bit. Who Was it you who picked it? I forget who picked it. It ended up being a pick six. Kenny Young. Mm-hmm. Kenny Young got it, and you two led the way on the block. You guys got upfield. So you had, like, two superstars showing how unselfish they were. Like, he blows up the play. Then you guys lead the block. Kenny Young makes a house call. And I was like, that that tells you everything you need to know about you, AD, and how that defense flowed last year. Yeah, for sure. Uh, AD for sure. AD for sure the leader, though. I'm going to let you know. Uh, you know, sometimes people look at me because I'm, I could be more vocal and um, had a juice. But – AD leaves me. So even if y'all feel like, oh, that Jalen, he got them turned up or this or that or whoever it may be, nah, it's AD. Uh, it's AD for sure just because he inspired us to do that. Like, 
we we got to lift our game to another level playing with playing with ad like he's like a big brother like man, i can't let ad down like i gotta step this up it, that's how that's how that's how i feel personally can i i you, you you said a word there that i think is important about juice and if we go back and we look at you Jalen, early in your career i mean you were up front with everything you would speak your mind everything else you got to la and you sort of stepped back a little bit you weren't as vocal with some of the things that you would say um and i wonder what was the reason for that because there was a quote from you i remember and you know that gq article got a lot of run mm. where you talked about you talk a lot of trash because that helps get you up and get you going yep. you know and, and 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 there's a certain expectation but you haven't done that in la as much as you did in jacksonville mm. what's the reason for that um I still talk my talk, you know, on on Sundays and, and, on and Sundays. get in my, yeah. get in my zone. Yeah, I still talk my right. talk and get in my zone on Sundays, but it's just growth. And I was, uh, you know, I was in my. This is my this is my mindset, keeping all the way honest with y'all. And I didn't care whether people liked it or not. But coming into the league, um, being a top five overall pick, and going to a team that has not been good, um, I was out for straight respect, and I didn't care how I had to get it. That was my goal. It's earned the respect, and I didn't, I didn't care. Y'all may not like me, may hate me, whatever it may be, but I I was going to make everybody respect me no matter what it was. So if that meant I had to say whatever I had to say to get eyes on me in this matchup in this game so I could show them who, who I was and, and how we were going to be rocking in Jacksonville, that's what I was going to do regardless. I remember that, uh, especially the year that we were uh, really good, I remember almost every week I was given, you know, a headline or something and man sometimes that stuff was literally strategic like dbs we, we would come together we had our group chat we'll talk in the locker room and they'll be like hey jay go say this i'm like all right well, we're gonna go do it then <laughs> I'm, I'm i'm for real i'm like all right i say this we're gonna go do it and, and that's that's kind of the bond that we had man that was one of the best secondaries and defense i had been a part of that was Just a great secondary that man and um yeah, man, a lot a lot of things were strategic, and and you get that spotlight on you, so you can you can capitalize because you know you out for respect, and you know what you was gonna put on that field when when the cameras were looking at you. So that, that was kind of uh, what that was, and now I'm in a space where man, I don't need I don't need any of that. Like even when I may not want the cameras looking, they looking. So now I don't I don't need to do all of that anymore, and you know even a sense of that. Um, was negative you know what i mean and i've transitioned from even doing that you know because you know some people t- really took it the wrong way a lot of times you know what i mean like man he he a or he a jerk or whatever it's like man it's i'm doing this for the game like you know what i mean i'm i'm bringing spotlight to our matchups or whatever it may be i'm i'm trying to show people what we really on out here like I love this game, so we finna go out here and we finna give it they give it our all. Like if I make you mad and that bring out your A game, whatever, because you gonna get my A game too. Like that's how I feel. Like I bring my respects to the game. I I give it my A game every time I step foot on the field. Like I don't underestimate anybody or or overestimate anybody. I don't fear nobody, you know, but the Lord. So um, that that was something that I was doing. But now I'm in a space where everybody they know what's up with me when, when we get out there. Um, and we get on that field, and they they know how I'm gonna try to have the DBs coming, and the, really the whole team coming. So I don't have to do that. I can take a different approach, a kind of a more positive approach. Give you know, give people their flowers 
when they deserve, give people their respect when they when it's earned. Um, because like I said earlier, I am I'm a fan of, of the game of football and I'm a fan of players. And so um unless I'm playing you, it's it's nothing but love. It's our respect, you know, that's and that's just part of, of growth, man. I was twenty one when I came in the league. I'm twenty six now, you know, it's been it's been years. That's a part of life growth as well as you know, kind of my mindset. So just growth, man. It's just my, it, it, that was my personal journey. Well, I, I think we forget that a lot of times you guys come into the league so young that you're still developing as people, you know, not just as players, but as people. And, you know, it's like we want to finish product right off the bat. And I think you got to allow guys time to make mistakes, to learn that sort of thing, just as we all did when we were young. We just didn't have that spotlight on us. 100%. You know? Yeah. So when I watch you, that's kind of what I feel. You see this sort of maturation process where now you're becoming the guy that other guys are looking to, to show the way and set the example, as opposed to looking to some vet when you were coming in, looking to a veteran to, to maybe find some guidance or, or leadership, whatever it may be. So, you know, that's one of the things about, this business that drives me nuts at times is that, man, we don't want to allow anyone time to grow. You know, we just, we, we want them to, to have, to not make a, a, a wrong step anywhere right. along the way, you know? So anyway, they, I'm off my soapbox. People want us to, people want us to come into the league as, as 20 and 21 year olds and sometimes 22 and be, and be perfect, the perfect professional right off the bat when, you know, that's not even how it is in life. At, Thank you. Know, you. I'm, I'm, I, right. I'm still in. I'm 26 right now. I'm still young. I'm still making you know mistakes in life. So yep. I, I'm of course not going to be perfect in anything that I do. And you know it. It just takes time. It just takes time. That's it. Bro, I'm I'm 57 now, and I'm still making mistakes <laughs> in life. So <laughs> right, it's always going to be there. We're still yeah. there. Hey, but but I'm on the, on this note, and this is one of my favorite stories i think i heard all season jalen and you know not i'm not just saying this because you're on here so i think it was during training camp early in your season one of your assistant coaches said if you get the chance watch jalen ramsey at practice because he takes these young receivers the van jeffersons and all these other guys and after they run a route against him or whatever and if he locks them up or pick gets a pick he explains to them hey look what were you trying to do you know on that route because we were playing this leverage and you might want to do this so you're explaining them to help them along and then and then we get to the midseason point and you have that great game one against dk metcalf i think they only attempted two passes or he caught two passes and after the game you and i did a post-game interview and you were like man that dude is so good and i've got nothing but love and respect for him and i'm looking forward to our matchups for the next however many years the fact that you just showed that much love early in the training camp to your teammates, I'm going to make them better. And you got another young stud you're going to be facing up against to show him that much love and the flowers you were talking about. To me, goes to show that growth that you are all about seeing like young folks and everybody in this business succeed, even though you got to do what you got to do when, you know, when it's time. Mm-hmm. Um, especially with my teammates, man. That's something, that's something that I've actually always done, even when I was in Jacksonville. Um, like you can ask the DJ Charks and even um, my first two years uh, going against like A-Rob and uh, Hearns and those guys and Marquise Lee, I would do that even in Jacksonville. It just wasn't something that was um, spotlighted just because of other things that I had going on were being the spotlight. But anything I can do to help my team personally, uh, I'm going to do. 
I don't care practice whatever I'm trying to win that's that's my goal I'm trying to win so any anytime I can see an opportunity to help them so we can be a better team I'm always going to take that just like I welcome that from them and then in the game yeah in the game I don't have no friends I don't you know I I, I respect my opponent by uh by playing playing my best ball you know what I mean playing playing my A game that's how I respect my opponent I don't, I'm not on the you know the nice talking and the and then none of that during the game, um, just because football is a fierce game, and I want to keep it that way. It's a violent, fierce game, a competitive game. After the game, when, when we not when we not competing, when we not playing, man, I'm gonna give my respects for sure. And uh, that's that's all I was doing really in that interview with him, because I I know he a baller, man. You you see, he was an All Pro this year, Pro Bowler. The, he t- he took his game from his rookie year to one level to a whole nother level, um, and you see what he was doing on top corners, you know what I mean? And and making plays against guys all the time. He's the key guy for their offense. So, you know, it ain't nothing but respect, but anytime we anytime we play, we gotta go at it for sure. Jalen, what what can you tell us about Brandon Staley? The man is a genius. The man is all about and even more than he's a you know, he's a he's a genius. Like he he probably wouldn't say that. Um like I know we've had conversations where I'm like, oh, you a genius coach. And he's like, man, I just, I know my players. Like he big on relationships, so he know he knows us. Like he, I know my play. That's what he always say. Like, bro, I, I know my players. Like, I know what you're good at. I'm gonna put you in positions to be successful. I know where we're good at as a defense. I'm gonna put us in positions to be successful as best as I can. Um, and that's something that I felt like he did. Uh, he, he's big on relationships as well as, like I would say, he a genius. Just the way he orchestrate everything, the way he. Um, the way he does, I think he's gonna do a good job. Uh, obviously, I wish I wish he could have remained uh, the DC for us, but man, I'm happy for him, his family. I'm happy for Derwin um, and, and the Chargers. <laughs> I think I think they got a good one for sure. I just want Derwin to get to a, through a full season one time, oh, man, man, so people can really see Big time what he can do. You know, mm. man, that man, dude is I, so I, talented. I, 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 Man, I've been praying about it. I've been praying about it, man. Me and Durham, me and Durham talk like every other day or every day, and I've been praying about it, man. He, uh, man, man, if he if he can remain healthy this season, I think we will see one of the best seasons uh, of a safety ever, ever in the NFL. Like he's that special, and I know the things that he will be able to do. And Coach Staley's defenses are just beyond great. One of the best open field tacklers. I remember when, it, when Anthony Lynn was like, this cat doesn't let anything get by him in the open field. So I, I'd love to see it. But look, you talk about Brandon Staley, right? He's gone to the Chargers. You also lose your cornerbacks coach, Aubrey Pleasant. He's gone to Detroit. So you got a bunch of changes on the defensive side of the ball. You got Raheem. You got yeah. – you know, you got some new coaches. Well, first off, you say shake like losing Aubrey. I mean, I, and I know how, how really good of a coach he is. People yeah. been talking to him how good is like what is Detroit getting? And then can you talk about some of the changes that are coming to your side of the ball with the Rams? Yo, Coach Coach is my dog too. Like that's my dog. <laughs> uh, and yeah, he 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 top he top two DB coaches in the league, and he might not be number two. So he mm. he he that good. Like he's taking my game to a whole nother level. Um, working with him has made me ten times better. I think I said that before, but that's for real. He he's gonna take my game to a whole nother level, and just our relationship and where he helped me grow 
um, it was it was special. So losing him was, I was that that one hurt me. I was I ain't I ain't want to lose him at all. I I wanted anything possible to keep Coach Alb around, but he got better opportunity. Well, Jalen, one sec. Can you put meat on the bone about what exactly that means when you talk about what a position coach can do to take your game to another level? What was it that made yeah. him special in your mind? Technique, teaching me t- teaching me different techniques to have in my toolbox and working on them every single day. And not only working on them, but me and him had that relationship. Like the great players, they want to be coached hard, right? But, uh, you know, and we, and we say that and, and we mean that. We truly do. But it's all – you know, with that, it's always some friction because we feel like, man, coach, I know this, like this working coach, I'm, I'm locking him up or I'm doing this or, man, nah, it ain't good enough. Like, do this and do it better. And being super, super, super hard on me and always um, demanding more out of me, and you know, demanding me to be a leader and bring bring guys with me as well as working on my game and myself and truly like teaching me different techniques, like. Before I got to the Rams, y'all never y'all never saw me play any off man. Really, I was a I was a press corner. I was pressing. Mm-hmm. I was press bell. That was it, man. He not only added new tools to that toolbox, my presses and stuff, but man, my whole off game. I'm gonna say he taught me that. He that I was a blank slate when it came to that. I what I how I was playing off technique before Coach Ob was trash. Every coach of like I feel like I can switch it up more and I can play different techniques against guys and I can have I can have success. I can break on balls and I can stay on top. I can do a lot, right? Um so yeah, just teaching me that technique and man, so much. Like I feel like genuinely Coach Aub is one of the main reasons that uh, you know, the whole staff and especially Coach Staley and everybody saw in me that I could play slot this year that I could play nickel and I could do a bunch of different things just because my development of all the skills and all the tools that I had, that's all coach all that was all him. Um, and that was our, that was our grind. That was our, you know, tireless working sometimes back and forth and friction, man, it all paid off. And it was all, man, he was, a, he was a blessing for me, uh, personally, man. Like, so that's why I said it, it hurt for sure. When, when, um, that he's not going to be here anymore. Jalen, how many, it's interesting. You talked about you, that you speak with Derwin every other day. Um, how many DBs do you talk to around the league? Is there a conversation or a brotherhood among all of you that, that you're either comparing notes or you're lifting each other up, whatever it may be? Uh, yeah, I talk to a handful um, here and there, but uh, you know, it's, it's, it's different with like, you know, guys I have a true relationship with, you know, Derwin James, Casey Hayward, you know, that they, they like family to me, like Casey kind of big bro to me. You know what I mean? I've been knowing Casey since I was a young middle school, high schooler in, uh, in Nashville, Tennessee, and he was playing at Vandy. So I've been knowing him for that long. And we, you know, got so many mutual friends and people in common that he's like a big bro to me. Derwin is like a little brother to me, obviously, uh, from back, you know, when I was at Florida State, he was in high school coming to Florida State to visit. Um, and then, yeah, obviously I have relationships with other guys as well and guys who I've played with in the past and who I've been on the same team with. So, uh, yeah, it's it's kind of a – it is kind of a brotherhood, honestly. Like, you know, at the end of the day, yeah, we're all competing to be the best, but we're really competing against receivers and the offense because this is an offensive league nowadays, especially – and it's really a passing league nowadays. So, 
you know, anytime that most of us can, you know, bounce ideas off of each other or techniques or work with each other or whatever it may be, we, we take that chance too. Well, no, I'm curious as to who, who gives uh, Jalen Ramsey trouble. I mean, what receiver gives Jalen Ramsey the most trouble? Um, man, give him his flowers. I kind of got a, I mean, I I, I kind of got a saying like every dog had a day. You know what I mean? Like I have my day sometimes where I'm not on my A game, and um, you know, anybody can get me. But it's a lot of good receivers in this league. Like if I'm on my A game, he on his A game as well. Uh, obviously, man, anytime you play a guy like D hop as much as I play him, like we learn each other so much that it's, it's, it's always a battle. It can always be tough. It can always go either D hop way or it can go my way. Uh, so that's a guy for sure who I always pay my respects to and give, give, give his flowers to him. Um, th- he'll be probably the only one that I say right now, but anytime like people ask me like for a top three or something, it's always hard to give somebody a top three, but I for sure probably always say like, D-Hop, A-B, and Odell. You know, I played A-B a few times. I want to say three. I played Odell only once, but he left the impact uh, that I that I remember <laughs> that he was like that. I only played, for real, I only played Julio uh, one time, and that was my first game with the Rams. So I didn't really get a full, you know what I mean? I didn't get a full grasp of that. You are downplaying that because you had that a good like game. That. You had a good game, bro. I did, but – but you, I only played limited snaps, and you know it was just different. You know what I mean? But you could tell he a dog. You know, I only played uh, Devontae Adams one time. That was in the playoff game, and we weren't we weren't lined up. I even told my friends and my family after the game, like we weren't lined up man to man as much as obviously I would have liked. You know what I mean? I was gonna um, say you sound like you wanted that. We was in. <laughs> yeah, you know, I we weren't we weren't you know we didn't have that matchup as uh most people would, would say as much as i would have wanted but you know how you can just tell like oh yeah he liked that though like he may have, he's he real. May have gave me some issues i haven't played tyreek in a few years and i know his game went up to another level but when i played him he was uh you know more so like just using his speed for everything just always trusting his speed which is for him is an advantage all the time but i feel like i played well against him but i haven't played him in a while so i would you know, I will be up for that challenge, and I know that he's uh, taking his game to another level. Man, Stephon Diggs being in Buffalo. Oh, um, yeah. Play him. It's only my first time playing him, really. I mean, I, yeah, really, my first time playing him and matching up with him one-on-one. And um, he got routes for days. And, you know what I mean? He reminds <laughs> me like a Keenan Allen with the crossovers and the routes and stuff. So, man, it's, it's, a, it's like a handful of guys that are always going to be in that conversation of, like, Okay, maybe he top five, or you know, maybe he top ten. It, it depends on what day you ask me, really, and how I'm feeling. And maybe if I play Madden lately, to who I'm gonna pick? <laughs> yeah, but the the sense I get from this conversation is he wants that next matchup with Odell. Could you say he left an impact on you? My sense is you're looking Odell forward to the next time you two get to get get to face off. Man, I look for I look forward to uh, I look forward to playing any you know top dog really but at the same time i know i would like to you know i like the challenge of playing against guys man if i could somehow get, get guys to be my teammate 
you know, and we and we we can go against each other in practice if y'all want to, and then we go. Here we go. And then during the game, we gonna during the game we'll, you know, we'll get we'll give it to these other teams. But man, that's that's more so what I want than than anything. Like, yo, how can I, and you know, we already got Woody and, and, and Cup, and man, how can I get one of these other guys over here too? Fire up the Odell to the Rams trade talks. Here we go. On that note. The QB trade. That's the big Matt. Matt for Jared. You guys got Stafford on your team now. Yep. How do you, you know, how do you think? I don't know how much he played against Stafford, but I mean, you know how talented he is. You know what Sean McVay can do calling yep. plays. How much does that change things up? Uh I think he can open up a lot for Sean um and his play calling. And uh everybody already knows the talent and the skill set that Matt has. But at the end of the day, man, is as long as he's uh, going to be, you know, coming to L.A., committed to helping us get to the Super Bowl and contending for Super Bowls, then we're going to welcome him with open arms. He's going to work every day. Um, that's one thing about us and our defense. That's that's our mindset. We're going to work every day, challenge him, um, have him challenge us along with the receivers. But as long as he come in here wanting to win, wanting to compete for Super Bowls, then it's going to be good. So we had Charles Woodson going to the Hall of Fame um, on the podcast a couple weeks ago. We know I, I've seen your Twitter when, yeah. when he you know was uh, told he was he was going to the Hall. You tweeted, "Let me see if I've got the quote right." The the quote right here: Charles Woodson always looked up to Charles Woodson, best all around DB to do it. Yeah. Uh, much deserved HOF. Yeah. So when he was on here, he talked about you being on that saying you being on a Hall of Fame track. He said, you got to get a few more picks. But I said, they don't throw the ball at Jalen, so that's mm-hmm. kind of hard to do. But what about, you know, what about that 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 mutual respect, though? When you Because your your games are similar. You're different, you know, athletes. But what, you're, what you were asked to do, inside, outside, come up and tackle, you know, really set an edge, like I said, some outside linebacker mm-hmm. tendencies. I mean, what about – you know what he had to say about you in that respect, and the fact that you have you, you guys share some of the, uh, some of the same traits. That's been, you know, in my opinion, the best DB in NFL history, just because of his versatility. Like you just said, inside, outside, safety, everything that he's been able to do. Um, obviously, Dr. has always been one of one of my favorites, if not my favorite corner, just because he made the he made playing defensive back fine. You know, and he did it at such a high level as well. And, you know, he he was confident and, you know, just, just his swag about him. Always loved Dion, but Charles, you know, has really, in my book, been the best just because of everything that he's been able to do. And, you know, sometimes when, when guys do a lot of different things, they just okay at everything or just average at everything. It's like, nah, he's been elite at everything that he's done. Um and so I'm chasing greatness, you know what I mean? That he, I would say more so, you know, than people, obviously people try to give me like the comparison of, oh, you chasing Dion or, or whoever, just because of the Florida State ties and all of that. But for me personally, like that's who I'm chasing. That's the greatness I'm chasing is is his career trajectory and how his career uh, journey went. That's what I'm chasing and being able to have that big of an impact on the defense and the team and, you know, be a leader and, do the things that he was able to do inside, outside. Safety is in, in, in his career. All, all of the different type of things that he was able to do is what I want to do and what I'm chasing. So, 
Um, nothing but respect for him, man. I got to meet him for the first time uh, coming out of college into the draft um, when I was signed with Jordan Brand. And we had like a little uh, Jordan Brand retreat, I guess you can call it. And um, I want to say it was in Vegas. And I got to meet him, man, ever since then. Um, man, that was a big moment for me. But I had been looking up to him even way before then. Jalen, I need you to tell me I'm wrong on this. I say interception is one of the most overrated stats for a cornerback. Am I right or wrong? I say you're right, but uh, you know it's different for different for different guys, and it does and it does depend on scheme sometimes, um, and the type of player you are, because um, you know th- there's visual guys. Um, you know, and there's, then there's more man sticky guys. There's zone teams. There's man teams. There's, you know, it's different, right? Um, and then there's like, there's great corners, elite corners, good corners, like shutdown corners, um, who just gonna shut their receiver down and might not have as many picks. That's that, and like that's my me, point. Like, oh, he, right? Yeah, it's like, oh, that's a shutdown corner. He gonna shut. Yeah. He gonna he gonna shut his receiver down and he gonna shut his side down. They not he might not have a lot of targets, he might not have a lot of picks, but he gonna shut them guys down. Then you got other guys who are like, man, he might get tried a little bit, or he might um be a quote unquote shut down corner, but he's an elite corner. He's in a he's a corner who gonna all right, y'all gonna try me, I'm gonna take advantage of all these opportunities that y'all are giving me. So it just depends. It depends, you know. Uh you know, it kind of depends on the teams, their game plans, you know. It, well, it my, my argument yeah, my argument is as a defensive bag, number one, especially a corner, your number one objective is to not give up completions and to not give up touchdowns. Mm-hmm. So if you can do that and you may not have great hands, let's say, because they always say if you can't play receiver, they're going to put you a cornerback. And you know how that saying goes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but if you can stop a, a receiver from having a completion – or catching a touchdown, that's your job first and foremost. So if you do that well, like when we get into the Hall of Fame mm-hmm. meeting room and people bring up interceptions, and I'm like, how many, tell me how many touchdowns he gave up too. He might have had a lot of picks, but tell me how many touchdowns right. he gave up. You know? So I just think sometimes we get caught up in the certain numbers that I'm not going to say they're irrelevant, but I think they take on added importance that don't really show the effectiveness of a player, if that makes sense. One hundred percent, I agree with that. Um, but it never hurts to have it. Never hurts to have all of it. It never hurts to have <laughs> uh, you know, not giving up touchdown. It never hurts to have all of it. So, hey, you know what I mean. I'm always, I'm always striving for that next level. So, if that's I what got I got to do, if that's, if that's y'all, if that's what people want to knock me at, if that's y'all one knock on me, is like, all right, he might shut down guys, but he ain't got the pick. Like, okay, I'm going. I'm always trying to go to the next level, so I'm going to accept that challenge and. I'm going to find a way to get better in those aspects and make plays on the ball more often. Hey, before we let you get out of here, man, this has been just such an awesome football discussion. We really haven't had too many of these football discussions on this podcast. This is great. But, bro, you do so much in the community too, right? So I know before last season you gave a million dollars to a prep school in Nashville to help them uh, bridge the digital divide and to get some of the technological equipment that they needed for these kids to learn remotely. And then – Right. Purpose prep. That's right. And then, you know, you in here in Inglewood, California, $20,000 worth of uh, grocery store cards for people around the holidays. I think you did that back in Tennessee as well. 
just just what about what you and your foundation, you know, have, are really committing to and some of the successes that you've had? Yeah, for sure, man. Um, you know, Ramsey's Reese is something that, you know, my father, my brother and myself, we've always, you know, we always had pride in, you know, being a blessing to others just because we bless so much. You know, God has done so much and blessed us so much. So we want to be able to be a blessing when we can. And um, that's something that, you know, shout out to like my whole family and, you know, everybody, my supporting team around me, like my mom, and my dad, they always instilled that in me and my brother at a young age and you know everybody who I've kind of surrounded myself by around, you know, my agent and my friends and everybody, we all kind of have, you know, like-minded goals and what we want to be perceived at and who we want to be as men. So, you know, that's something, that's just something important. That's something I'll continue to do and try to encourage others to do as well. All right. Well, Jalen, Hey bro, we can't thank you enough for the time you've given us today. You know, it was, it was worth the wait. Uh, you know, much respect to you for all that you do. And, and again, we got to circle back and do this again because this was awesome, bro. Yeah, yeah, man. I appreciate y'all, man. I'm, I'm I'm glad I was able to get on here and uh, start started off started off with y'all the right way, and we'll we'll, we'll go from here, man. Whatever y'all need, we appreciate. Nah, we appreciate you, man. Continue to health and continue success. Appreciate you. Appreciate you, sir. Appreciate all blessings. All blessings. Steve, we know Jalen has a lot to say on the field, but it was good to hear him talk off the field, you know, to really get into some things that he wanted to get into and to to maybe show a side that people don't always see with him. Um, like I say, this is a guy who is a, you know, um, when you look at the group of players who are in that uh, Mulugeta stable, uh, they consider themselves servant leaders. And Jalen is one of those guys. So, um from a football standpoint, he's on a tremendous trajectory and off the field, as you talked about, I think he's going to do some really positive and great things. So um, continued health and, and, and success to him. Well, the, the thing I really took from this and, you know, I haven't had as many conversations with Jalen as, as, as I would like to. And, you know, this was great to do this. It's how smart he is, right? The people. Hey, early in his career, he said this, but it was all strategic, right? It was all strategic, and and then you hear him dropping some of the historic pearls that he has, and some of the some of the analysis of other players and teammates. There's no way you can come out of this and be like, "Hey, Jalen Ramsey, that is a sharp, sharp dude who knows everything he's doing, how to go about it." And you know, I, I'm just glad that we all got to hear him discuss that, answer questions a certain way, a real way, but in, but a, an intelligent, intellectual way, which goes to show you how deep of a thinker he is hey wait wait a second jim i'm looking in the chat and our producer thomas warren uh is, is trying to get in here he has a major problem with your wardrobe what hey, hey thomas Th thomas can we get in thomas can you jump in it's so bright it should I mean, be bright. for people listening you can't see this orange giants get up that's that jim has on this hoodie and this san, san francisco giants san francisco, the san francisco giants yes but i have to remind him as i have my uh, champion LA Dodgers blue beanie on that we won the title last year, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and how many years between your titles? 
Okay, so what that it was 32. We're not talking about that right now, Joe. <laughs> you how guys many, had your run. You had your run. Okay, years? cool, cool. You guys had your run of three in like five years, but that was like that was the past decade. We're now in the 2020s. So let's talk about current. We got the the world Dude, champion one year like, into 2020. We're <laughs> one, we're not even a full year into 2020. When's the last time the Giants had a winning season, though? You know, it's uh, so I get it. I get it. You got the Dodgers in the all decade team already. I'm saying. I'm saying. Look, look, here's the truth. And and I'm going to be 100 on this. The reason I have my Giants gear on right now is that it's spring training. I know we're not projected to do well. So I'm going to get it out and give my boys a shout out right now before the season gets away from us. Because, you know, when you love your team, you support your team. But I recognize that we are not on that trajectory this year to bring home that World Series trophy. But I'm still repping my boys this preseason. Everybody is in first place today. I, I can dig it. I, but I know when, when your Warriors make the playoffs and you'll switch back over, right? You'll pick the war, Warriors gear back right. on for, for a team that's going to do But you'll have your Lakers gear on. I tell you what, though, what I'll do is I'll just, since we're talking about before the season starts, I'll just go ahead and give you, just get a Dodgers beanie for you now so that you have it. So that when the season's over and we win it again, you can just throw nope. that bad boy on. Nope, nope, nope. I got to jump. I have, I have to jump in here right now. Thank That's you, a great Long St. Louis Cardinals fan. That that is heresy. That is never, <laughs> Look, never. You're you're lucky that the Dodgers didn't have to play the Cardinals because no matter what the seeding is, whatever y'all take L's to us, and then we would lose to the freaking Giants. Like <laughs> it was the it was the it was the I worst. Know. Yeah, Clayton Kershaw has nightmares about the Cardinals. I know, but you know, but it was all exercise last year when we won the title, so we're good. I'll say the Cardinals respect, didn't, didn't make it that far. I, I give them their props for winning the title, but I'm going to say this. Y'all know I live in San Diego, and I'm not one of those guys who says I'm, I'm only going to root for one team. I believe in supporting the local team. That's the Padres this year. I know they're coming for the Dodgers hard. Tatis Jr., I'm going to be right there watching them. So, Daniel Jeremiah, I know this warms your heart. I'm pulling for your Padres to do well. I think they are going to do well, and you will never get me to say, I'm happy or excited for the Dodgers winning. Never. A San Francisco native? Never. You just Let me put DJ's name on the list, too, of people I got to send Dodgers gear to once, once the Dodgers <laughs> take care of it. So thanks. Thanks, Jim. Hey, they got a goodwill right down the street, Thomas. <laughs> hey, someone will enjoy that. Well, let, but let's bring the big hug together because we're all Howard. Man. We're all That's Howard. Right. Man. And, I'm, and I'm rocking HU right now. I'm rocking my HU gear. And speaking of Howard – well, our Bison took that L in their season debut last week. Remember, HBCUs, for the most part, are playing in the spring gym. We took that L 17-10 at Dell State. Hey, Dell State used to be a, you know, that used to be the powerhouse, you know, back in the day. So 17-10. What's kind of crazy is because of COVID still, especially a lot of the COVID restrictions in, uh, in D.C., where Howard's located, and the fact that very few teams in the MEAC, the Mid-Eastern Athletic Conference, are, are playing. Um, Howard only has two games scheduled, and the second one is against Delaware State again. You know, their only other games are scheduled against South Carolina State. Props to Darius Leonard and his new foundation and everything he's doing with the Maniac Foundation. SC State's fine as well done, Darius Leonard. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Howard right now only has, has two games played, and that's kind of the crazy thing when you're looking at HBCU football and, you know, the players getting opportunities to play, them getting evaluated for careers in the NFL or the CFL – um, but let's go Bison. Let's at least finish the season 500. Yeah, no, I think Coach Scott's going to do great things, Steve. So 
Coach Scott, if you're listening to us, and we know you are, whatever you need, we got you. We're there. We got you. We got you. We got you. No, no, no hate for those for those bison. So, uh, Jim, you know, as you as you wrap this up, we're talking about evaluating HBCU players, right? And so, our guest next week uh, is going to be dropping next Tuesday. We're going to have Lions general manager Brad Holmes on. First time general manager comes from the Rams. Um, got a great staff with him. He brought Ray Agnew from the Rams with him. He's got John Dorsey working with him. So you got total football guys with him. But we're going to, you know, again, talk to him about evaluating players this year and in the era of COVID, especially some of the schools like right now, black colleges are, are playing in the spring. Some some conferences are playing in the spring and how that evaluation goes. So that's going to be an absolutely great conversation. We're looking forward to have Brad on because it looks like the Lions Got a lot of big things in score, store now. I'm pulling off the big trade with Jerry Goff and Matt Stafford, so we'll see where things are headed. But Jim, I want to give props to Jalen Ramsey, so why don't you go ahead and take us out of here? Let's do it. Once again, we, we thank you all for listening. We thank you for subscribing. Please leave us uh, remarks about who you want to hear from, what you want to hear about, the topics most important to you, and that way we can continue to give you more of what you're funking for. That's right. That's right. Again, we want to thank our sponsor, Intuit, the problem makers of TurboTax, Mint, and QuickBooks for bringing the huddle and flow to you. And also, folks, remember, there's no such thing as a free internship or a free meal. Make sure you do and you work hard and you make sure you are rewarded for everything that you do. Am I wrong, JT? You ain't wrong, but I'm 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 gonna sit this one out before I get in trouble, and you know, and hurt some people. <laughs> All right, party people. Well, for Jim Trotter and Thomas Warren, I am Steve White. We are the Howard Mob, and we are out. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender.